let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey everybody, welcome to Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. We hope you enjoyed your Independence Day and your your long Independence Day weekend. We had a fantastic weekend. I feel like yeah. it was especially good. It was a really good What did we do? Why, why was this weekend so good? Okay, well, we kicked it off with a poop wrestle. Oh gosh, I totally forgot <laughs> this. You have to tell this story. <laughs> um, so we had this idea that we we wanted no it's not just this one event but we want to help oslo our dog become better socialized and do better in big groups so my parents neighborhood holds a big firework fourth of july independence day not festival but basically shindig on the thursday before independence day so there's food trucks or there are food trucks and there's a band and music and face painting and balloon artists and all the whole nine yards the kids love it we decided let's bring oslo and i love bringing oslo places actually i think it's really Mm, fun it is really fun he's a really beautiful dog really well behaved he has a he gets a little adhd when he's in public (laughs) there's just so many just like new senses And so I have to spend a lot of time with him. And I was having a hard time doing that anyway because I don't like these events. This might come as a surprise to people. Maybe it doesn't come as a surprise. It comes. It actually came as a surprise to me, but I think I'm actually more introverted than extroverted. Mm-hmm. And I have just learned to be outgoing and learned to be good at interacting with people because I think I, I come... I. I I don't know if I come across this way, but I try really hard to help people feel welcome and interact with other people and make them feel comfortable and those kinds of things. But I'm naturally more introverted. So I, I already don't like these th- these big events, especially with all the craziness happening in the world right now. I just generally feel safer from a like protector standpoint if we're not in, in big gatherings. Mm-hmm. But this time we decided to go. So I like, I like to go for the kids, really. I do too, and that's it. But even then, I'm like, it, it's just, it, it's stressful. It yeah. stresses mm-hmm. me out. But we were there. It was fun. And as the sun was going down, the band was announcing we were about to start the fireworks show. Emily and I both looked at each other and remembered, oh, oh yeah. no. <laughs> Oslo is terrified of fireworks. Uh-huh. And so the fireworks start going off, and he bolts. He loses it. He pulls on the leash so hard that it rips out of my hand, and I have to chase him down and grab him and pick him up and bring him back to to our family. So we're sitting on the grass, and if we were away from everybody, you know, like a lot of other people, I would have just stood up and let him kind of run, and run around in a circle and hold on to his leash. But there were little kids running around. And so he really likely could have taken them out. Oh, yeah. I mean, and so, like, the best, the only option really was for you to pin him down until yeah. it was over. So I was, I literally had to physically wrestle him down and pin him down to the ground and hold him for the duration of the fireworks show. Of course, it's like a bougie neighborhood so they have a really good long fireworks <laughs> show so it probably lasted not that long it's probably like 10 minutes yeah I think. yeah so it lasted about 10 minutes and i'm sitting there holding oslo and he is calm for a second and he'll freak out and try and run away and scratch me and he wasn't biting or anything like that but he was trying to jump and run away and tore a hole in my new shirt emily just bought me and tore up <laughs> my legs and my side and it was all i was all messed up and then I started smelling something awful. It oh, smelled terrible. like a possum had crawled in a moose, and <laughs> they both had died and were eaten by an orca. And then the orca, um, the orca decided to what? to die and rot on a beach. That's what it smelled like. That's disgusting. And it really smelled bad. We're like, oh my you know, gosh, he must have farted. Do you know that orcas hunt moose? Did you know that? No. How does an orca hunt a moose? Moose swim in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Or in like. 
the mouths of big rivers dumping into the ocean. They'll uh-huh. swim across. Okay, that that was a really random fact. And orcas will come and eat moose. Like they found okay. an orca, like a dead orca with a moose in its that's, stomach. That's crazy. So anyway, something it smelled awful, and so I was thinking that also had had Pass started gas. passing <laughs> gas because he was terrified, because you know that's that's not a normal or unusual thing for humans to do to start. Uh, when we're scared, you know, we get the nervous poops. Well, and it's a natural reaction. So basically, what's what's happening is your body saying, "Okay, it's time for fighting or fl- like fight or flight." Fight or flight, yeah. And so I'm trying to get all rid of all excess waste, mm-hmm. right? Yep. It's like the scene in Pirates of the Caribbean where they start getting chased by. I can't even remember the, what ship it was, whether it was... The, I don't know. Whatever it was. They were getting chased by a ship, so they said, hey, throw everything overboard that doesn't need to be here because the other ship's faster than us. So start chucking everything overboard. So your body does the same thing. So frequently that means just passing gas. You're getting rid of the extra, excess gas in you. But then, <laughs> on top of it, it's t- <laughs> he his body decided, I'm going to evacuate my bowels, mm-hmm. not just of the gas... But of all the fecal matter. <laughs> and Oslo is oh in the poop and decides to right, jump up again. Right, because he's like laying down, pooping. Yeah, so he, he he's covered in poop. And oh. so he jumps up and oh. I pin him down again. And by the end of it, I stand up and he is covered his in poop. Backside his whole backside is poop. And I have poop on me. Oh. And so I look at Emily and I said, okay. I'm gonna run home with him right now, and yeah, as soon as it as soon as it was done, he yeah. just like. Yeah, I felt bad because I couldn't help with the kids. Oh, it was fine. I was like, get away from me! I do not want to smell that. <laughs> yeah. So luckily, and it was a blessing and a tender mercy. I had asked Emily to bring some extra clothes for me to change into, and and I left them at my parents' house. And so the the park where this festival was going on, it's probably about a half a mile, maybe you know, four tenths of a mile from from my parents' house. So I just run back with Oslo, walk in the back, kind of spray him off, and then I chucked him in the pool three times, which he hates. He hates the pool. Oh, that's his worst fear. So I no, I him. guess fireworks first. Fireworks first, apparently. And then the pool. <laughs> yeah, so it was a pretty traumatic night for him. He got thrown in the pool several times, and he was forced to endure being right next to a fireworks show. And it was gross. It, I, but I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad at it for some reason. I, I in my head, it's so I, funny I was thinking cause, like it didn't happen really to me. But I was like bitter for two days. I was like, "Ew, I can't believe you're disgusting." Yeah, but in my mind, <laughs> like, I, I, I was thinking, "Oh, we did this to him. We know yeah. that he is terrified of fireworks. Yeah, it was all our We fault. put him in a compromising situation. Yeah. Nope, you're totally right. So that's what happened. So that's how we kicked weekend. off our weekend. But and I, then, yeah. But I, I wasn't mad at that. I, yeah. It was, it was frustrating that I have a hole in my shirt. That was the only real thing. <laughs> And what else? We uh, just spent time with family and some friends, and we update upgraded our garden. Upgrade our garden. We went to the beach. Yeah, that was fun, Mississippi. Yeah, which we haven't been. We went to a cute little town called Ocean Springs, which is apparently like the it's like the number one cutest small coastal town in America, according to USA Today. Uh, Yeah. I so. don't know what that means, but it's like I don't number, know that number one cutest town, and we went, and it was it was pretty. It good. was very cute. I would if you're passing through Mississippi for whatever reason. Usually, for passing through Mississippi, it's just to get to Florida. But you should stop in Ocean Springs because it's darling. Yeah. If you like Gilmore Girls, you would love this. It's very similar to like yeah. a Stars Hollow feel. And we made some really good friends there. I was there for a business meeting, uh, but it was a. A kind of a family-friendly business meeting, so I came, brought Emily and the kids for the meeting, and there's this crazy story about a chicken that a like, rooster, a rooster. There Carl was Carl the rooster. Carl the rooster was the town mascot, and would just walk around and kind of run the show. Yeah, he would like visit all the shops and like would. The owners would let him inside, and he'd just, like, hang out in all these shops, and he had apparently, like, his own routine and everything, and he would just hang out around town, and he went to his, like, he knew where to go to get blueberries, and he knew where to go to to get fed, like, different things from all yeah. these shops. So, and he had a routine, so at... Oysters and sprinkles yeah, or something At crazy. 8 o'clock <laughs> in the morning, he would go to one place, and they'd feed him oysters and blueberries, and the next thing was a popsicle stand so that they could feed him sprinkles, I think is what it was, mm-hmm. and so this... This rooster Carl would get on these, would get on like the to go 
platform, I guess, like where you go and lean to, to order. And he would just pick the window until they would give him sprinkles at the popsicle stand. <laughs> and there were so many of these random little things that he would do. And it was just so indicative of the type of town. Yeah, so like small town. It, it was adorable. And then somebody stole the rooster and killed it. Yeah, I mean, this didn't happen while we were there. This no. is a story we heard about the town. But like some, a group of people like stole the rooster and killed him. And that's like savage. So, so sad. Like not even like, kill him oh, to eat him. Like they were just messing like, around with him. That was like a him. love of the town. How sad. And then they had this big New like Orleans style funeral for for yeah. this rooster. And our friend wrote a short story, like a kid's short story about this rooster. Yeah, she's getting it published, right? Yeah. yeah. Super, super cool. Really random. And then, Great little town. And there's the beach is, the sand's really nice. And it's perfect for little kids because the water's shallow out for like 50 yards. Mm-hmm. The waves aren't very big. The water's not super pretty. It's kind of, kind of meh. No, but it's really good for little kids. Yeah. Perfect, perfect little thing, especially if you have a newborn and so you don't want to be there for too long because mm-hmm. the beach isn't very deep or as far as far as like the yeah. it's not very far from the like road you park to the and water. it's like maybe a hundred yards no not, not even. even that i bet it's 30 or 40 yeah, yards. yeah. it's super close to the like to the road and then we ended it i guess we're not ending the weekend but like it's wednesday so it's not really the weekend but the holiday is time we ended it with a new baby. We did not have a new baby. We didn't. Congratulations, have a new baby. <laughs> Logan and Anna. Shout out <laughs> to little baby baby Evie. We got a new niece like two hours ago. Yeah, she looks gorgeous. She's currently in the NICU, so prayers for her to get get better quickly. I don't. Yeah, little Evie, super yeah. cute. Super cute. Great family. They're gonna be awesome. Um, it's gonna be awesome. Awesome addition to the family. Really, really excited. Yeah. So, today I have a little topic. Are you ready for it? I am ready. Okay, so I've spent all of 2022... Precursor. Yes. So, frequently we'll have things that Emily's been thinking about for a while, and she will say we should do an episode about this, and I tell her, don't tell me anything about it. I want my reactions to be genuine. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those things. Okay. So, just so you know, this is a, a new topic for me. And you know, like if I know that Andrew's really good at like talking and coming up with great ideas on the spot and questions on the spot, and so I know that he could handle that. If he were to do that to me, I would. We've tried it. We've tried, and it does not work. <laughs> I just buckle and freeze, and I don't know. I think our so minds just work differently. We just work differently, and that's totally fine. But so I have spent all of twenty two and a lot of twenty twenty one, honestly, like working in my business. Meaning, so little backstory. I, if you are new here, you may not know that I do watercolors. I'm a painter. I have an Etsy shop. So I take custom paintings, custom orders for custom paintings, like family portraits and houses and stuff like that. And ideally, that's not where I want to be in my business. I want to be like making prints and doing my own artwork to sell and selling prints of that. And kind of moving out of taking customs. However, taking customs like is the money maker, and it's easy for me to get orders. So, 2021, most all of 2022, I've just spent like getting orders, painting, shipping orders, and like not even working on my business, just working in. And so I've can noticed... You, can you dive into that explanation real quick before we dive yeah, into Yeah, like, so you know. working in, meaning, like, I'm just doing the things in my business that, like, have to get done on a day-to-day basis. So, like, if I, if I get an order, I have to fulfill the order, and then I get it out. And I'm not doing anything else. I'm, like, planning poorly. I'm not doing anything to grow it. I'm... Literally just fulfilling orders with no outside. Okay, so like in my world, we break this up into operations and development. So you're only yeah. focusing on operations. You're not focusing on development. Yes. Yes. So, but what that makes me feel like is honestly like unfulfilled with myself. Because I, I know in general this is how I want my business to be, but like I'm doing nothing about it to get there. I'm just 
day-to-day in it. What brings, you said you feel unfulfilled when you're Mm -hmm. just doing operations. Mm -hmm. What brings fulfillment? Progress and like changing for the better and progressing and developing something. Okay. And I feel like I've just kind of been stagnant, but like still doing well. My, My business is doing well, but it's kind of just the same. It's yeah. not really growing or changing or anything. What well, is growing? Um, you're, you're getting more orders. Well, yes, but yeah. Yeah. I guess. Okay. So, but that leads me to another thought that I've had. That the same principle working in versus working on a business applies to our home and family life. Mm-hmm. We spend so much time working in our family and in our home and sometimes we struggle working on our family and working on our home mm-hmm. um, I was looking up as I was kind of researching this topic because I've listened to a lot of business podcasts about like working in versus working on your business and all that but honestly the same thing applies this um, these descriptions I'm going to read applied to like I got it for referencing businesses but it Mm -hmm. applies exactly to working on your family and your home life so it says working in your business is um, doing day-to-day activities that could be transferred to someone else so i gave up some examples such as cooking laundry errands maintaining the house scheduling working on your business or working on your home and family is about developing growth strategies through activities such as planning, goal setting and systems and relationships, investing time now for a better tomorrow. And so what I took that to mean as like when you're working on your family and on your home is planning and dreaming together, um, like spending time together, activities, working on your communication, having learning opportunities together like just like building the relationships Mm -hmm. obviously you have to work in your home and in your family you have to do things like keep up and tidy up and do the chores and make the doctor's appointments and all that so i want to make sure we have we have clear concise definitions when we're saying working on the home okay so you're saying that working on the home includes any or encompasses any activities that affect the because when I when I was thinking about this, it, it was different in my head than how you expressed it. So let me just say okay. how I'm uh, how I thought of it when you initially said, "Oh, this could apply to families," and tell me where okay. you think I'm wrong. Not wrong, but like how my definition is different, different. than the one, okay. the one you're using. Mm-hmm. Working on the family encompasses all activities that are actively developing family culture as in or in ways that change it from the way it is currently. So basically in in business you look at development as ways to improve or change the nature of operations. Because development can't be something in and of its own sake. It has to be something that is geared towards improving, altering, or optimizing, or starting new operations. Am I, am I off with... No, no, that's, okay. well, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, okay. Because you said things like like learning activities. It's like Learning activities seem to be more like a, this is an operation. This is something that we do. Well, I'm thinking, I mean, okay, this is just my ideas spitballing here, but I think that certain operations, I guess, can be in both. For example, okay, like, we have to do chores, right? Uh-huh. I would say that that's like a working in the home or working in the family thing. But when you're doing it together and you're, like, trying to help each other learn and, like, it, it becomes a fun thing or it becomes a family event or activity or, like, bonding experience, then it's that would be considered working on the family. I think. These are just my ideas. So so this is good that we're talking about this because it seems like your definition has less to do with it being wholly focused on developing new operations and seems to be more focused on, like, meta-meeting. So it's you're focused on, is this 
developing us into something different. But the, mm-hmm. even that doesn't. So, oh. and so you're saying like anything that develops us into a different be, being different counts as working on. Because if one activity could be both operations or development or being in or on, it's just how you're using and how you're the activity. using the activity. Then that's different than the way the definition I was using. So let's let's continue the definition okay. you're using. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. So can you explain to me what your definition was again? Yes. So let me explain my definition in comparison to your definition. Okay. So as far as I understand your definition is it has more to do with the nature of how you are performing an operation. So you're saying that operations couldn't be both in the home or out the home or sorry, in the home or on the home, right? Mm-hmm. In the home or on the home, depending on how you perform the action. So for example, chores can be working in the home if they're being performed mechanically. Mm-hmm. They can be on the home if they're being performed in a way that's that's better. Like you have a better motivation and you're working on trying to like help the kids have fun and mm-hmm. learn skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And I think that way has, definitely has value. Um, but when I originally heard this, the thought that I had was, oh, this is just like with my businesses and operations are separate from development. And so operations are working in the business is just whatever your day-to-day functions are. And you can do those both poorly or well, but they're still fun- they're still operations. And then there's on the business, which is all the meta stuff. So doing things like long-term planning, strategy sessions, saying, hey, what can we do to change our operations? So all of those things that are not the day-to-day things, but are the ways of trying to work to improve operations. So in the family setting, it would be operations or working in the home are all your day-to-day tasks, regardless of how well or poor you do them. Mm -hmm. And then working on the home would be taking time to analyze your operations and figure out ways to improve them. So doing things like holding family councils or going to a class on on financial self-reliance or having intentional time to talk about how to discipline a kid or something like that that would be on the home Mm -hmm. does that make sense no yeah and i think honestly that you're probably completely right and i think your your way of looking at it has utility right it has value because what it would do is saying i want to and in some ways, it's the same thing. It's, I want to do the basic operations in order to ch- achieve some larger goal, some like more meta goal, which is like developing the kids or whatever. Um, so I think that that is a, it, it's it's just different than the way I had originally thought about it, but I don't think it's any, any lesser or anything like that. I think that like working on the home is like to be less specific and take a step back uh-huh. to me is anything that is building relationships in your family anything that's strengthening your family yeah well let's go with that definition then. Let, let's keep going because forward. those like are that. not the things that you can delegate to someone else mm, okay you can have operations in your home that's still building your relationships and building your family and strengthening it that while yes doing laundry can be outsourced and or could be done by any other person technically like if if i'm sitting there like i did today with hiram folding towels and we had a little lesson on how i fold towels i didn't care how he folded them but he wanted to know how i did it so we had a bonding moment folding towels and to me that was working on our family yeah no, I love also that. working in it but yeah no i love that so when you when you're being when you're focusing on on developing or when you're focused on making tasks or turning tasks into operations that only you can do then it becomes working on the family yeah right mm-hmm. and the things that so what are the things that only you can do then that you can't outsource well i like what you were saying about like what when you defined working on the family having family councils and like long-term plannings and talking taking a class on something or discussing different discipline techniques or um 
trying to come up with new systems of like routine things yeah, like that like con- being conscious Con- about, constantly yeah. trying to improve the way that your home functions and the f- the way your family functions together yeah interesting yeah so how does the lord fit into this this process of working in the home versus on the home when i find myself kind of like in survival mode and stuck in a routine of just like trying to check the box and get everything done and and it just feels so robotic and like I'm kind of doggy paddling, trying to keep my head above water, trying to get everything done and not really focusing at all on strengthening my family and home. I feel like a spiritual disconnect. And so I think that the more that we focus, we do have to do both, but the more that we can focus on working on our home and family, then the closer we will feel to the yeah. spirit. So, question for you then. I was thinking about this this morning. There are times where you're just overwhelmed, right? Yeah. And there's, there's not really a way around it. Right. And we try and say, just go have a good moment, a good cry, or a good scripture study, or a really good prayer, and you're going to come out of your closet feeling super motivated and excited, and, and your reset button's going to be super mm-hmm. powerful. And sometimes it doesn't and happen And sometimes that way. It, you talk about that and it just doesn't happen that way. You come out of the closet after having, we have a, a, a not a couch, but like a, a chair in our closet where we frequently will go and, and do our scripture studies or take a moment to go say a prayer mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And sometimes you come out of that, that room and the, of, out of that spiritual experience. And the moment you step out of the, the closet or step out of our your, your bedroom, you feel overwhelmed again. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and this might be just me, sometimes I feel that my efforts, my efforts to read my scriptures, to say my prayers, when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm in survival mode, or I'm really anxious about something, they are lackluster, and I, I can't get into a really good study. I'm, I'm reading the scriptures, and I'm saying the prayer, but I, I just can't, for whatever reason, I feel emotionally or spiritually blocked because of the things that are going on. And they're things that are unavoidable, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes I feel the the Lord saying, you're trying, I see that, don't worry, you're fine. And then sometimes I, I feel overwhelmed and think, I don't know, or I, I should be doing a better job. I should be having a better study. I should be having better prayers. And I feel overwhelmed in, in the same situation. So do you ever feel the difference between those two? Like when you're in your survival mode, are you always one versus the other? Praying, bringing scriptures, uh, and not getting much out of it because you're in survival mode and you're feeling an emotional disconnect. So that that's happening in both situations. And sometimes you feel like the Lord's saying, it's okay, I got you. I see that you're doing it. Just keep trying. That's fine. And then sometimes I, I'm in those situations and I feel overwhelmed and I feel like I'm, I'm failing because I'm not having those good scripture studies. And I don't feel like the Lord is accepting what I'm doing. He's Mm -hmm. saying, oh, no, you should be doing better. Yeah, okay, I see the difference now, but what was your question? Do you feel the difference? Oh, yeah, yes. I I have felt the difference. (laughs) 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 So, what do you think makes the difference? Yeah, so that's interesting. I think that for the most part, if I am in survival mode and I'm truly trying to do my best spiritually, then I I feel that comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, if I know that I'm not doing my best, then I feel a little bit reprimanded. But mm-hmm. but I think it's it goes back for me to like, okay, am I really though trying my best? Yes. Okay. Then I'm like, I feel like I'm okay. Yeah. And then if not, then not. Then not. Yeah. No, I think it's. I, I think you're probably right. I think there's there's definitely some truth to it where you, where the, the Lord's going to tell you, you're not trying hard enough. And sometimes it's hard to hear. Sometimes you're like, hey, everything sucks right now, and the world's going to, you know, heck in a handbasket, and life's hard, and I have a bunch of kids, and yada yada yada. Here's all my list of bad things that are going on or hard. I'm not having kids is bad, but like hard things, and. You want the Lord to just say, "Oh, you don't have to 
You don't have to try. Like you get a free pass. You don't don't worry about reading your scriptures this week. Yeah. Like sometimes I feel like I almost give myself a free pass where it's like, well, he understands. He understands that it's hard. And so I This is an exception. I'm as I'm an exception. I don't yeah. I don't need to do all the things or I t- kind of convince myself somehow that I am doing my best when I'm not. Yeah. It's a difficult line to walk because I feel like there is an actual time where the Lord will say, how do I say this? When you are extremely overwhelmed and you have lots of extra pressures and anxiety, I don't think that the spiritual expectations are as high on you in that moment as they are when you don't have any or, or you don't have a high level of anxiety and burden. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, if you are in an extremely taxing situation and you're literally running around all day long and you get to the end of the day and you're exhausted and you say, I'm going to read my scriptures because I want to and I need the uplift, I only have enough energy for five verses. I think reading five verses in that situation is much more acceptable to the Lord and fulfills your covenant obligation much more than reading five scriptures when you've had all day to read your scriptures. You haven't really had any big problems. There's not a lot of taxing things in your life mm-hmm. at the moment. And you just had kind of forgotten until you were falling asleep. Right. And so you got up and you read five scriptures and you barely remember anything and you go to sleep. That so makes sense. like the operation in both situations is the same. Mm-hmm. But, one is is mechanical and one is yeah. intentional. And it's developing that relationship. And so in that way, that's like working in your relationship with God versus working on your relationship with God. Yeah, that, that's so true. Um, a lot of the time, I can see this in myself, like, oh, I'm, I'm doing the little things. I'm saying my prayers. I'm reading my scriptures. I go to church. Like that to me, like, okay, well, if, if I'm just doing it with this, like, this is what I do. That's kind of like working in the spirit, working in the church, working in the relationship with God. But when you're working on all of that, you're doing it to change. You're trying to get something out of your scripture studies. You're trying to strengthen your relationship with him through your prayers instead of just like doing it to check the box. Uh-huh. So yeah, I guess like the operations are the same. But I think that the there's the operations with different intent. In addition to more of the big picture things like, okay, here are my goals. Here are my spiritual goals or here are my family goals. And this is my plan to change and my plan to improve. So what are your favorite ways to work on the home in those like meta ways? So I think it's pretty obvious. We we basically talk about how to perform operations Mm -hmm. on a higher level or make them more more working on the family. Uh, That's kind of what we talk about every day in the podcast. But as far as the big kind of meta activities that we do to work on the family, what are your favorite ways of doing that? I really like family councils. Um, We only have little kids, so it's not super. They're never super long or hyper serious. Serious. Yeah. But I really like when we just sit down and we maybe propose an idea to the kids or see what they think about something that we're thinking about or thinking to do or something. Um, I think those are really cute and fun and it's very bonding to to like bond with the kids in that yeah. way. It's cute. What was the last family and council we did? We talked about what we wanted to plant in our garden. Oh, And we that's let the right. kids each pick something to plant. That's right. So I think yeah, so Ruth picked watermelons and what did Hiram pick? I think he picked beans. Beans or peas. Beans or peas, yeah. yeah. Or he did zucchini Like we with have you. both of those, but... Yeah. I think he said zucchini with you. I think we had given him two options. Or yeah. you had you had chosen two options, and you cho- and he chose that one. And I had given Ruth two options, and she had chosen... Watermelons. Watermelons. Yeah. So you, we describe family councils as working on the family. Mm-hmm. What are we doing, or how are we using those to develop relationships, and how do they kind of further the goal of developing family culture? I think that they... It shows the kids that we value their opinions and that we care about their thoughts and and letting them help decide the things that the family's going to do 
like with our gardening example, we could easily pick the plants that we want. And we we kind of did. Like we picked out a bunch and let them kind of have their input and say. But that kind of, I think it shows them that, that we care about what they think and their opinions and stuff. Yeah, and I like that it helps it helps them step back from the day-to-day operations of life, which as a little kid, you you easily kind of get sucked into the day-to-day operations. Yeah. And the the regular tempo and flow of life. And it's easy to to kind kind of just become an object that's acted upon. Right. But when you step back and you have these moments of acting of, of working on your family you're saying hey i'm not going to be an object that's acted upon by all of everyone's needs i'm going to be an agent that's acting upon the family that's going to be acting on me and upon the kids and our family culture as opposed to letting our family culture just happen i'm going to act on it right i don't know if you consider this another Example, but I love to travel with the kids. Uh-huh. I think it's a really great family bonding activity to like have road trips or just to go somewhere new and experience something fun and new together is super bonding for me. Yeah, and for our family. No, I think I think it definitely counts, especially with your definition the way you're describing. I think it totally does. Yeah, I think there are. Oh gosh, what was it? There it was a podcast I was listening to today talking about how when we do certain activities, it engages dormant genes. So there are certain things we do that change our physical being and change the way that we think and change the way that our neural pathways operate. And traveling is a really great way to engage those new parts of us because it says, hey, we have to we have to be thrown into a new environment and we have to conquer it together. Mm-hmm. And so it throws up a challenge because anytime you get into a new routine or you take on a new challenge, it's taking an adventure. It's going on a quest and part of quests are you have to slay a dragon. Right, it's overcoming these monsters, mm-hmm. and the monsters can be small. Like when we when we were traveling in Europe, when we we lived in Europe, we traveled a lot, and it was hard because every time we would choose a new place, you had to go and figure out the the tempo of the city, how to get around, the whether the metro is the best way or taxis or the money system the money system was always different and so every time you landed in a new country it was a whole new set of of challenges and it was just constantly forcing us to engage with this new monster this new quest and when you do it as a family it really engages everybody in that process or at least it can if you do it correctly yeah, that reminds me a lot of a a class that I had when I went to the homeschool conference in May. One of the speakers, he said, when you feel like your family is stuck in a rut and you're just kind of like, I guess you're in a rut. You can't, you feel like you're just stuck. You can't move forward. You're not growing together. Something's not working. He said, Make a life change, I think is what he said. Uh So do like a huge family project together or take a trip or do like a really big service project. Or he even said, make a move, like move your family, like relocate. I was like, geez, that's that's a big family change. This seems like (laughs) a drastic solution to a pair. Make a big life change that will bring your family, like that will force your family closer together. I was like, wow, that's really, really insightful. Yeah. Kind of scary. Kind of scary. I don't know if it's necessary to that drastic level. No. I, I like that. Well, depending on the rut. That's true. He was talking about some pretty serious, like, teenage Oh, ruts. those kinds of things. Yeah. I We haven't dealt with teenagers, no. so we might get to a point where yeah. I think moving seems one like of a, One of his examples was, like, like serious, like, teenage depression or something. Ah. Uh, like, ah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, but it could have, we could make some smaller life changes for yes. some smaller ruts. <laughs> yes, we can change yeah. the bedrooms the kids are in. Yeah, <laughs> that was a fun thing we did this weekend too. We like built Ruth this new cute bed thing. 
This cute bed thing. Yep. Yep. That's what we did. Cute bed. So are there any other ways that we can work on our family? So two. Yeah, I think um, setting family goals. So we we talk to our kids pretty often, pretty frequently about the goals that we have and try to set some goals with them. Right now, like Hiram has some reading goals. And I mean, Ruth is still a little young for it. She's almost four, but Hiram's almost six. And I feel like he understands the concept of a goal. Um, so it's it's kind of kind of cool to experience that he with him. He definitely understands the concept of reward. Yeah. <laughs> for achieving something. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that works really well for him. He likes that. Yeah. But I think like showing your family that you have goals and that you're working on something um, encourages them to also set goals for themselves and work work on that as individuals, but mm. then also like have family goals. So one thing that I find I find interesting in business development is it's really not dangerous, but counterproductive to have an extremely clear idea of what you want to be as far as a business. And that sounds a little, again, counterintuitive, because usually when we think about envisioning and goal setting and planning we say oh i want to be like this and this and this and this and this and these are all the characteristics i'm going to have and this is what i want to be like this is what i want to look like this is how i want to act yada 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 and we have this clear clear distinct vision and we can do that in families and we can do it in businesses but with businesses if you do that you generally end up with a less effective business so the, the problem is, if you do that, you are building the idea of your future business only on the assumptions and obstacles and strengths and needs that you're aware of at the moment that you build it. And so if you're too committed to this idea of what your business should look like, it's really dangerous because when you come up to a challenge to that idea, like the original idea of your business, and you're not flexible enough to pivot and address that new challenge or address that new opportunity, then you continue on developing the business you thought you wanted, you thought was going to be the best, Mm -hmm. even though it's that new obstacle makes that old model obsolete. And so Mm -hmm. you have to constantly be shifting. And so I find it's better to have a loose vision of what you want and then have the the closer in i guess you get the more concrete your goals are so you have like a loose vision and you're like slowly trying to get towards there but you're going to constantly have to pivot and then the needs end up determining the vision as opposed to the vision determining the needs and the actions. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think it's a little counterintuitive to how we originally, how we used to plan goals, mm-hmm. but my personal goal setting has changed because of my business experience. Interesting. So, do you think this applies to the family? Do you think it's good I'm to have a really sure. clear, concrete idea of what you want the family to be like? Or do you have base principles you move forward with and then you. I think you can have like the base principles. I want our family to be like this or like I want these characteristics of our family. Just like how I constantly pray to be a loving, patient, kind mother. Like Those are like three things that are really important to me right now. Um, Loving, patient, kind. And I think you can have things like that for your family and still address the needs as they come up. But in your family culture, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking of the... I had one experience with Hiram recently. I think I've shared on the podcast. We were driving to Utah. Oh, yeah. And I had this vision of us loving bison for some reason. Like, I love bison. Bison were... A, a, growing up, they were always a really cool animal to me, and I loved them. And Hiram had a bison that I had given him and he had broken it 
and or was you know it was I hadn't given it to him, but it was just a bison I had that he would play with. It was a little stone bison I bought one time when I was backpacking or I don't remember where I was, but I had bought this little stone bison. He had broken it, and then he said he was really sad. I said, "Oh, well, we can just buy a new bison, a pair of matching bison when we're driving out to Utah." And he got really excited. Said, yeah, let's do that. And then when we were actually in a shop looking for a bison, we found some. And he was asking about other animals. And I said, oh, well, like, why, why do you want other animals? I thought we wanted bison. And he started tearing up. and Or he was trying not to tear up, but I could tell he was upset. And then when I finally asked him, like, Hiram, what's wrong? And he started crying and he said, I don't want the bison. I want the ram, but I don't want you to be mad at me and mm-hmm. be upset. And I realized in that moment that I had this clear vision of what I wanted us to be like. And it was something small, right? We want, I wanted to like bison, mm-hmm. or I wanted our family to like bison. But I was, because I was committed to that vision even this little small thing, it ended up hurting the relationship or hurting Hiram because he wanted something else. And so instead of being more focused on pivoting, he, and I did end up pivoting and we ended up getting the ram, which is what he wanted. It ended up being far more important to me than the bison that I would have chosen to replace the one that I broke. Yeah. And, for me personally, I, I'm thinking that, and this might just be my approach and I might be wrong, and this will might change in a few years, but right now I'm thinking that instead of saying I want to be patient, loving, and kind, I, I just want to be what the Lord needs me to be to my kids in the moment. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. And so maybe it's patient, loving, kind. Maybe it's Firm, strong, and and discipliny. Discipliny. <laughs> discipliny. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the right approach. That's the approach I feel naturally developing right now because of my business experience. Do you think I'm a terrible person for thinking that way? No, no, I don't think so. I think <laughs> that like if you're talking about family culture, your I mean your main question was like basically can we have a family culture? Well, the main question Or should was, we just, like, wait for the needs of our family to arise? Well, the main question is, do we have a really concrete idea of what we want our our cult family culture to be? I think that you can, but, like, be willing to pivot. Cool. That's what I think. Cool. Yeah. And I think you did a good job pivoting with Hiram. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. All right. I think that's... I think that's it, unless you have anything else no, you want to No, yeah. I just wanted to kind of talk about this idea that I've been having. So, yeah, I think we, we kind of discussed it. Cool. Yeah. Um, loves and less than loves. All right. Why don't you go first? Because I, I haven't thought of one yet. Okay. So, my love is that we got a dishwasher and Andrew installed it tonight. We've been having a lot of mechanical problems, I think we mentioned in our last episode. And, um, and so, yeah, we've been kind of without a working dishwasher for... A little bit. Like a month. A, a month, probably. And so we finally got one installed. Yesterday. It's crazy how fast you're used to it. Because we, for yeah. the majority of our married life, have not had a dishwasher. I know. And we've had one for like two years. And now it's like the worst thing ever to not have. <laughs> <laughs> like catastrophic uh, failure. Yeah. Definitely first world problems. But definitely. Yeah. But I'm happy and so happy to have. I'm so happy to have a dishwasher now. That works. All right, my loves, uh, the, my love right now, or a love. I feel like I, I can't say my love because you are my love. Oh, well, thanks. But You're cute. Uh, a love I have right now, I have a pair of Hoka recovery sandals, and they are the best things that I've ever put on my feet. They're so nice. And you need nice with your yeah, half foot. Yeah, with my, my janky foot that has decided to stop working recently so the those sandals are a lifesaver so if you have any kind of feet problems or like leg problems any kind of soreness like that look up the hoka recovery sandals 
or they might be called recovery slippers. They they have a, a weird, um, what is it called, arch built into the sandal. So it feels like you're getting a massage on your feet every time you step. And so it's not really powerful. It's not like you're sitting in a massage or anything like that. But it's just a constant massage on the um, on the arch of your foot. And it feels so good. <laughs> so they have been a lifesaver. So I would highly recommend them. I think they're they're kind of expensive for sandals, but they're not too expensive. They're about 50 bucks if you get them on. Don't get them on Amazon. For some reason, they're expensive on Amazon. But that's my, that's my left for today. Awesome. I'll have to try them on for a little bit. Yeah, they're so nice. Well, if you are enjoying the podcast, please like us, share it with a friend, leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, or tag us in uh, on a post on, I don't know how to say this, share our podcast on Instagram and tag us so we can see. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or a guest you'd like us to invite on, please send them our way. Uh, DM us on Instagram, and we'd love to to make it happen. Yeah. All right. Oh, also, shout out. The Dad Outpost is now officially live. It's officially on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, and Spotify. And Spotify. It's freaking hilarious. It's so funny. If you want to laugh, you have to go listen to it. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, Again, it's kind of... It's for dads. It's for guys. You guys can be a little bit savage to each other. But it's so funny. Yes, we are savage. Yeah. But that's how guys interact. Like yeah. that, that is a quintessential. Girls are a little bit different. Very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a dad <laughs> podcast, so. Yes. So it's super, super funny. Logan, Zach, and I will probably not release a new episode for at least a week or so because Logan is in the hospital with his new little baby. Yeah. So give us a listen. We have three episodes out. They're freaking hilarious. Last was last week's episode or the week before was taken over by the Dad Outpost. Ooh. Was it two weeks ago? That was for Father's Day. Okay. So if you listen to that one, that's us. If you haven't listened to that one yet, go 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 and listen to that one. I think that was probably our best episode that we've done. It's it follows our normal pattern for episodes. Mm-hmm. So we love you guys. Keep the faith. Bye.